Okay, okay. Uh, welcome, welcome everybody to this new episode of the podcast uh, Coffee Breakdown. Uh, today we have with us uh, Dr. Pedro Viegas, who is currently postdoctoral researcher at the University of Lisbon in Portugal. And uh, Pedro is also a good friend of mine and he's also a colleague. We met, in fact, in the Netherlands. So I want, uh, first of all, to thank you, Pedro, for accepting the invitation and to share uh, with us your thoughts. Hi, everyone. Hi, Luca. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for introducing me and uh, thanks for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Okay, great. Uh, well, let's start uh, maybe with the usual questions. Uh, I would like to give you the floor uh, in a couple of minutes, if you can introduce yourself, uh, what you studied and what you have done uh, in uh, your career. And also, if I may, also, I have some bit more personal uh, question. I know you work in different labs around Europe. And uh, do you think like working in different countries gave you a broader perspective in some like scientific uh, uh, thoughts? Or uh, it would have been better to have a more continuity in the same lab. This is also interesting for me because I'm starting my career as well. Yeah. So yeah, as we know, yeah, young researchers today uh, are doing that a lot. So like doing masters in one place and then uh, doing the PhD in a different one, and then a postdoc somewhere else, and then a po another postdoc somewhere else. Uh, maybe hoping to get a, a permanent position at the end at some point in academia, or maybe you know leaving at some point for industry is also is also good, of course. So yeah, in my case, uh, yeah, I had done uh, I had done my studies in Portugal, then uh, then went to France uh, first for Erasmus and then for for PhD at uh, at LPP in Ecole Technique, then the postdoc. Um, well, so so in in France, I worked mostly on uh, on jet. On modeling um, helium jet, so we'll talk maybe a bit about that. Yeah. Then the Netherlands, uh, a postdoc uh, working on modeling plasmas for CO two conversion. So that that's where I met you. And then I did I worked in Czech Republic, in Brno, and then and then in Lisbon. Uh, so well, a, a bit co continuing working on the same subjects, but uh, also with some. Uh, with some variety, with some uh, some new additions, of course. Um, so so yeah, we we work uh, in different groups and often in different countries, right? Um, there are there are pros and cons to this. So there's uh, well, there's a part that is very exciting and uh, very productive. So we uh, at each place we meet uh, new subjects, uh, we meet new groups, work with different people. Um, and, uh, and at each place, there there's there are different expertise, both technically and scientifically. So we learn a bit of this. Uh, there's also different ways uh, of working in different groups or in different institutes. Um, so so we learn and we compare. So we start we start seeing what works better, uh, what kinds what kind of work what works better in each place, uh, and also on the personal side. Uh, you get to know, you get to make friends uh, a bit everywhere, and you get to That's true. different cultures. Um, but uh, but there's also, you know, in, in research, it's usually a long-term effort. Uh, um, so when changing places, there is on the one hand an element of continuity because you you accumulate knowledge, you accumulate experience. Uh, 
-hmm. but there's also an element of uh, of rupture so at each time it's kind of uh, of restarting a part of your life uh at each time there's a bit of a new start on uh, well on, on your personal relations so making new friends but also on getting to know a new group at work and getting to to work with them and um so so the downside of changing a lot is uh to to get to the most productive results in research we need we need some time we need to to get to know uh, yeah. the techniques that other people are are using as well and we need to develop our own tools uh and we need to develop our expertise in the scientific field um so i would say yes at at beginning of your career yeah, changing is is very good you can learn a lot uh but at some point i think you you feel the need to to extend and uh, to be able to to develop uh, your own for a longer time yeah yeah that's true uh, yeah each person adapts to this differently of course yeah that's true okay that's a very good uh, answer okay thank you very much okay i think we can uh uh, it's actually a very interesting topic. I would uh, continue this discussion f uh, for longer, but I uh, think we can jump in straight to the scientific part. Uh, maybe you can tell us a bit more about uh, Plasma Jets. In my view, you are one of the experts in our community about Jets. You recently wrote a review paper and you also had an invited presentation and this uh, online low temperature plasma seminar. So also for people who don't know this topic, uh, can you introduce this type of application yes yeah. yes so so we call jets to to plasmas that usually develop inside uh, thin dielectric tubes or capillaries and uh, and then they propagate so there is a, a kind of of discharge that we call ionization wave or or just streamer discharge that uh, that is not homogeneous it is propagating uh, uh, so, so there's a velocity so through time the, there is a front of propagation that that evolves like a wave uh, so this plasma can develop inside these tubes and then propagate uh, into air uh, meaning that you get a plasma in an open space uh, at atmospheric pressure and at uh, room temperature and this means it's very practical for uh, to apply on on any surface, really, because uh, you don't need the vacuum pump, you don't need uh, the container. Uh, usually, you need um, you need a noble gas to to be able to do this at atmospheric pressure. Uh, but this means you can yeah you can apply the plasma uh, wherever you want, and this includes the biological tissues, biological surfaces. Um, so, so that's uh, the main interest uh, of okay. JET, why, why it became so popular. So one of the main applications is probably plasma medicine in that case, right? Or treatment of yes, there's, tissues. Well, there's surface functionalization oh, yeah. at atmospheric okay. pressure because that's all. there's also an interest to, I mean, plasmas are already used to treat purposes, but uh, mm -hmm. to be able to do it uh, at atmospheric pressure is, is also interesting. Mm -hmm. and, then, uh, and then for plasma medicine, so things like uh, wound healing, sterilization, um, the apoptosis of, of cancer cells. Uh, so, of course, other plasmas can also do this, but the jet has the advantage, okay, you can use this tube to get the plasma to, to the place where you want. Okay, okay, okay. And in some cases, are uh, sort of, it's a bounded discharge because it's in contact with the surface. Uh, 
this is probably one of the difference than natural streamers, for example, right? Uh, yeah, so so one difference is we, we are inside the tube and uh, the other difference is, uh, is the working gas. So okay. uh, typically streamers were studied in air or in air gases like nitrogen mm -hmm. and, uh, and the jets typically uh, noble gases are used because these are the easiest to ionize at, uh, at atmospheric pressure and to have a controlled and cold uh, discharge. So to keep it at room temperature, uh, usually it's used helium or neon or argon. But uh, but even there, uh, there can be some heating. But uh, but if the goal is we need to keep it room temperature to not destroy the biological tissues, mm -hmm. uh, not have a destructive plasma, then uh, then yeah, noble gases are used in that. Okay. Uh, then uh, you did for um, from what I know, you know, modeling work and also comparing validation models with uh, experimental results. Uh, so first of all, well. Typical question is uh, how do you model this type of discharges? When we are, when we are talking about model, we're also talking about assumptions, of course. So what are the main assumptions underneath these uh, these uh, mm -hmm. models? And uh, yeah, I would uh, maybe start with this. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So so this discharge, as we were describing, well, they are they are very thin uh, on the radial direction. Mm -hmm. And also, as I was describing, there is this wave propagation uh, in the axial direction. So in the simplest case, uh, we can have a system that is axisymmetric uh, because this, okay, this, this tube is uh, radiosymmetric. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the propagation in air can also be radiosymmetric. Uh, but still, we have sharp gradients uh, in the radial direction and the axial direction. So okay. in the simplest case, we can have sort of a sort of a, a device model, so a model okay. for the whole geometry with two dimensions axisymmetric. Mm -hmm. Then if we if we gets more complicated uh, geometrically, I mean, then then we need three dimensions. If we lose the the axial symmetry, mm -hmm. um, but uh, well, to, to study the physics, yeah, we need. Uh, we need a model for for discharge physics. So so usually for for plasma physics, we always have this choice: fluid or particle description or hybrid, and then the dimensionality, right? Um, so for the case uh, for the case of jets, I already said to the axisymmetric to be able to have these radial and axial gradients well described, mm -hmm. and um, and then at atmospheric pressure. Uh, the fluid models uh, should work well. So, so the fluid model based on, uh, okay. you know, the moments of the Boltzmann yeah. equation and then conservation equation for mass, momentum, energy. Um, so this is so this is one part of the description. So this would this is good to describe a charged particle movement in the gas phase. Mm -hmm. But then uh, in the jet we have a lot of surfaces because we have the plasma inside the tube. It's interacting with the tube. Yeah. Uh, there's some electrodes generating the plasma, so the electrode can be placed inside or outside the tube. Um, and usually, well, the jet, I mean, it can be studied without a target surface, so as a free jet, uh, as a plume, but uh, but the jet is used on surfaces, to treat surfaces. Exactly. So, so there's also an interest to describe uh, the, the plasma interaction not only in the tube, but also with the target surface when the jet is propagating in a, 
yeah. and this means so on the one hand well, the sum equation for uh, to describe the the spatial distribution of the electric potential and the electric field as in mm -hmm. as in a lot of other plasmas Mm -hmm. uh, but then also the interactions uh, on the surface, the, the boundary conditions there, uh, so what species we expect uh, to be, be bounded from the plasma to the surface, uh, and especially with charges, uh, how, how many, how likely is it that electrons from the plasma uh, become, uh, become absorbed and part of the conduction band of surfaces, or mm -hmm. how likely is it for electrons from the surface, from the material, to be extracted, to be emitted from the valence band back to the plasma? Mm -hmm. uh, so the model has to take uh, take all these in consideration, and uh, not everything is known, of course. Yeah, yeah. So this is interesting because, uh, of course, as plasma physicists, uh, I feel we are very much focused on um, description of the plasma state. Maybe it's evolution in time, right, through solution of this differential equation, as you were mentioning. The fluid model. So you think it's also equally important to have a model that describes the time evolution of the surface states, because uh, since this, there is this mutual interaction, right? So if you have a very accurate model of the plasma, but not a model of the surface uh, state, or the evolution of the of the surface changes because of interaction of plasma, maybe the overall model of the system is not very predictive. What do you think? Uh, is it important, yeah. or maybe a secondary second order correction? Uh, no, I think in, in a lot of plasmas it's important. So, mm -hmm. okay, if if we are just if we just want to know uh, what if we're very focused on the volume processes, and for instance, if we have a plasma that is uh, very uh, homogeneous in space and we don't expect the surface to have so much influence, then okay, we can just focus on on the volume. And then we focus a lot on, on the chemical processes as well. And well, let's say local processes, everything okay. that happens only there. But, um, but in, uh, in, in the reactor, in plasma devices, yeah, there's always, there's always a surface somewhere. And uh, now we were talking about jets. This is an example where, where surfaces are important. Uh, so it's, uh, so in a lot of cases, it's not secondary. We really need. So we also to also have knowledge on what happens on the surface. So the surface uh, is affected by the plasma. The plasma provides a reactive species to the surface. It provides electric field to the surface. It provides charges to the surface. Uh, it can provide radiation to the surface. Uh, but the surface is also affecting the plasma. Right? So the plasma, the surface can be extracting in a way some species uh, from the plasma, and these will have an effect. On what collisions take place in the plasma and the, mm -hmm. the dominant effects. Um, so, from the application point of view, we can we can see this as a synergy. We can try to uh, take advantage of the best properties of some materials and the best properties of some plasmas uh, to make some uh, catalytic effects that uh, that are beneficial. Uh, but also from the the physical point of view, uh, yeah, I think. To, to understand things better, we need a, a self-consistent coupling between uh, between plasma description and the surface description. Mm -hmm. And I think there's room to, to improve there to, to know more than okay. on, okay. on the plasma surface interaction. Okay, very interesting. Thank you. So, and uh, if we're talking about the validation of models uh, with respect to experiments, and uh, of course, 
you know, as uh, people doing modeling, we would like to have a lot of experimental data that are well uh, characterized, also in terms of conditions. So do you think, so would it be important also like efforts in uh, data sharing, for example? Um, and how details uh, we need to describe because, uh, you know, from my limited experience of modeling also plasma surface interaction, also the description of the surface, so what happened before the application of the plasma is very important. And mm. if you're talking about the biological system, also maybe the description of the environment is important. What is the level of humidity of the light? Because I don't know, you know, so it becomes exponentially more complicated, right? <laughs> So I, I don't know, I don't know. So you think, um, what is the strategy that you see in uh, model validation? Uh, do you think uh, like data sharing could be very important or uh, which level of details we need? Yeah, yeah I, think, I think you're right. We are, we are evolving to more complex systems with uh, more and more variables. Mm -hmm. um, so, so maybe let's go back to the jets to start from that example yes, yes. um so okay in the jets there's there's one part of research that uh, that is very focused on application and in that case it's all about okay we describe what conditions and then what what output is obtained so mm -hmm. if we have this jet in these conditions then uh we were able to to obtain this effect on cells or on apoptosis or or whatever mm -hmm. um but then for physicists, uh, we want to characterize more the, the physical quantities in detail, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and this was done typically via simulations. Uh, so simulations were, were able to give this spatial distribution of electric field, of electron density. So just to talk about some of the main quantities and also the, the chemistry, the species. Um, but there have been a, a lot of important development uh, on the experimental side. So, so, for instance, these two quantities I mentioned, electric field, electron density, in the last in the last decade, there are more techniques to measure them, and okay. to measure them with uh, with spatial and temporal resolution. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, well, and in these these very exciting for modelers for for validation. So to test the models, to validate, see what we're doing right, but also to to notice what we still don't know, what we're still unsure of. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, and uh, and we we well you you mentioned our our work on the on the review on on physics of jets. Uh, we 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 did this. We searched for the data to be able to compare from different works what values of electric field, what values of mm -hmm. electron density are being measured, um, and then to be able to compare also with when we do the simulations to compare also with with the whole ensemble of of measurements that were done, but also we need to take into account what are the conditions, right? Yeah, so exactly. that relates uh, that relates with uh, with your question. We we need access to data, mm -hmm. uh, but we also need to understand well what are the conditions, what are, what are the techniques, um, because you, you know from from this comparison of simulations and experiments in jets, we found, for instance. Uh, I, I liked a lot uh, working on this because we, mm -hmm. we were able to show the community what we know what what we should trust. So for instance, the, the values of electric field in gas phase, but also inside materials that are pretty well uh, validated. So there are several experiments and the simulations providing 
providing and agreeing on on the results so we we can say we can trust this then we have we have also cases where we have more uncertainties we are more unsure about about results and we saw this uh, for instance uh, with electron density we see uh, orders of magnitude difference in uh, in different measurements and simulations but you know, when when we dig deeper, we see okay, the, the conditions are also different. Exactly. So exactly. we need to be really clear. We need to be really clear. Okay, there's this wide range mm -hmm. of uh, of values, but also assess. Okay, yeah. the, the conditions have a large influence, but this also means uh, that we don't have enough data for the same conditions. So mm -hmm. one of our conclusions was okay, we need sometimes we need to focus. Uh, for the same conditions, have different techniques, mm -hmm. assessing the same quantity, have the simulations as well, and there we'll be able to see also if the techniques are measuring different things exactly. and then we need to think, why is that? Or if the simulations are providing a different result, why is that? Um, to, in the end, be able to say, okay, this is, this is, this is the range of values we should have. Mm -hmm. And we yeah. and we trust it. We're confident about it. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's very true. So yeah, but this is what I mean also with the question, right? So, of course, we need to advance with models, with experiments, as you mentioned. Probably we also need a, a sort of strategy um, that tells us, okay, what are the minimum quantities that we need to know, minimum sufficient quantities that we need to know to fully characterize a system. For example, if I'm talking about jets, and I measure electron density, but I don't know anything about the surface that uh, the plasma is in contact with, maybe it's not enough to describe the system, you know? So I need also information about that, you know, and the other way. So for different type of discharges, I would think that this is important. There are different quantities that needs to be detailed described, and there is a minimum set probably. I don't know. And uh, as a community, yes. I think we didn't define very well what are the, of course, if you ask people, yeah, electron density is very important. <laughs> it's like, mm. you know, is it sufficient to describe a plasma jet if I measure only electron density? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not. Also, we need, uh, well, for sure, the, the excitation source. So how is this plasma being generated? Okay. And, uh, and for sure, the dimensions. Uh, and uh, while well, in some cases the, the flow rate can be important. Mm -hmm. And then as you were saying, uh, also the surface. So, uh, yeah, so yeah. yes, there's, there's quite, uh, yeah, quite a lot of, uh, of uh, metadata that is necessary yeah, yeah. To, to describe a system. And, uh, and, and earlier you were saying, okay, the, the particular surface, you know, what, what is the history of the particular surface? Also its memory. Can, can be important and that's something you know for for uh, for modelers uh, okay maybe sometimes we don't value that because uh, for us yeah, yeah. The, the surface is in the is in the computer uh, yeah. uh, it can be always the same for us but uh, but then our experimentalist colleagues uh, will tell us no but this surface was used before while the other one was a new surface mm -hmm. uh, okay and okay. Uh, this kind of detail can make a difference yeah true true also talking a bit uh, you know going back talking about the model uh, still uh, on plasma jets of course we can expand uh, if you feel about uh, um, 
So what do you think, uh, which direction do you think the research is going? So which advancement in the model do you see coming in the next year or which improvements you think are important? I don't know, maybe coupling of gas flow and plasma. I, I don't know. Maybe there are some really important things that in them. And more generally, I would like to ask you in a bit general sense, not only on jets, like why do you think we need advancement in the modeling, right? Because uh, rarely you see, I mean, the, the theory is, is there. We know the theory of fluid modeling. We know the theory for kinetic modeling and so on. And um, I think, uh, and we know how to solve differential equations. So why do we need better models in terms of robustness, in terms of fidelity and so on? Mm. Yes, so, so one side, uh, on the one hand, we want to move to more uh, predictive modeling, right? Yes. We have a lot of uh, plasma reactors with their complexities, uh, rather complex systems. And, uh, and you know, if we don't want to test, I mean, usually we cannot experimentally test every possibility, right? So yeah, if we so. have a predictive model, the model can tell us what happens when we change a parameter. Uh, which which may not be easy uh, in the experiment, and also in the experiment we cannot uh, measure as much as we can uh, as we can simulate. In the sense that some quantities are not easy to be measured, or with special resolution or temporal resolution that we can have in simulation. So the model can be can be very useful. And uh, so 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 on the one hand there is these efforts for predictive modeling that is not in itself about new physics, right? And I think that that's what you were saying. And uh, and when we think of predictive modeling, uh, uh, okay, we, we know from, from experience that, uh, yeah, we need to get rather complex to get there because, uh, yeah, me, me and you, we worked on, uh, on uh, modeling plasma source CO2 conversion, for instance. Mm -hmm. Uh, okay, we did some progress uh, with the zero-dimensional models. We were assessing in detail what is happening in the core of the plasma. So in this case, we are really focused on the volume process. Uh, no, well, the, the gradients we assume the gradients should be smooth, and uh, and we assume we can we can study what is what are the chemical processes, what are the important ones, how much they depend on other quantities like on local quantities like uh, reduced electric field or gas temperature. Uh, but then we saw, okay, there are sharp gradients also in the radial direction. So then you, yeah. you did, for instance, this the radial model where we described this gradient. And uh, this was very interesting, but you know, the, the zero D modeling, the one D radial were not enough to get predictive. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, in, in that case, and that happens in a lot of, uh, of plasma reactors in that case. We had the, the the microwaves, you know, propagating uh, without uh, without radial symmetry. Mm -hmm. We also had this vortex flow that doesn't have to be radial symmetric. Mm -hmm. We had the, the turbulence transport emerging that doesn't have to be radial symmetric. Uh, so we think to get predictive modeling of such a reactor, we need to go. Yeah. Uh, and we need to couple all these elements of physics, right? So we have the, the transport of charged particles, which is what we usually have in plasma models. Mm -hmm. This can lead also to charge separation and therefore to the description of a relation between electric field and charge separation, so Poisson equation. But as I mentioned, we also had 
Maxwell's equations with the microwave. We have the this complex flow. So so one part of advancement is this coupling between the different physics uh, to reach uh, predictive uh, capabilities because all these elements I mentioned they will determine the reactor outputs and the distribution of uh, of the species of interest of CO of oxygen etc. Yeah. Um, and uh, and in the jets as well, we know the the plasma can have an effect on the flow due to heating or due to electrophysical dynamic force. Mm -hmm. So also there, there is an effort needed for coupling plasma model with flow model, uh, with thermal effects, uh, with yeah, with turbulent effects as well. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and also on jets. Um, there is an effort to understand longer time scales because uh, in, in, in a lot of plasmas, jets included, there are these pulse conditions. So these repetitive conditions is not a steady state. Yeah. And what happens between pulses, between the repetition of plasma, uh, matters a lot. And uh, and models typically are not uh, are not always addressing what happens in between pulses because okay. what matters exactly. is what happens in one discharge. Right, mm -hmm. uh, but this is one of the conclusions we took also from from the study of jets is uh, the uncertainty still on what we call memory effects. So, mm -hmm. so what so the leftover charged species, leftover reactive species on volume or on surface that will have an influence on the next discharge. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this means you know models uh, with more uh, computational efficiency for the longer times. Uh, also with efficiency to manage uh, three-dimensional geometries and the coupling between uh, different elements of physics. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I also want to reach uh, the other side, which is, okay, the, 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 the theory of physics is well known uh, for the volume. I would say, as we already mentioned. Yeah, true. Uh, so the transport of charged particles uh, via the, the moments of, uh, of the Boltzmann equation, as we already talked. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would say there's still, well, there's still a lot mm -hmm. not known on, for, or for instance, on collisions. So when there is a collision, even in gas phase, uh, we don't know a priori the cross-section. Of course, it can be calculated. But we also, I mean, we don't know exactly the intermediate states. I mean, we know the, the initial state of a reaction and the final state. But the atoms, the molecules, they can be other undergoing uh, changes through different electronically excited states, for instance. So the the clouds of electrons can be rearranging around the atoms and the molecules during these collisions, and uh, these we we don't know a priori. And uh, and the, well, even the current models, they need to take some assumption or in, on initial and final state, right? Yeah, true, true. Uh, so there's still some fundamental knowledge there, and that's uh, mm -hmm. well, that's that's collision physics, let's say. But also what we already talked about, all the uncertainties uh, on the surface, uh, that uh, that maybe maybe the knowledge already exists, uh, maybe more on the solid state uh, physics community. Yeah, that's and, true. Uh, and then to have the knowledge come. Uh, come back to the plasma community. Uh, I, I would like to come again to this uh, 
this effort of self-consistent self coupling between uh, between yeah, yeah. surface more microscopic surface models and the plasma models and this means you know descriptions like uh, like monte carlo on the surface but also like uh, molecular mm -hmm. dynamics density functional theory uh, electric double layer models yeah uh, so there's this whole variety of models uh, that can be explored uh, so so our field becomes very technically diverse right to be a modeler in plasma physics uh it's not just uh the moments of the boltzmann equation then exactly then exactly a, a bit of particle description a bit of fluid description uh a bit of of other fields of physics um mm -hmm. so, so i would say okay we want to advance models because of the predictive capabilities but we also want to advance models uh for our understanding of physics mm -hmm. uh, because Okay, a lot is known, but uh, some 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 particular issues, and uh, and particularly some coupling of different fields uh, is not is not yet fully understood. Yeah, that's very interesting. So, in fact, it may be that uh, for having predictive modeling of some plasmas, we need uh, intrinsically this cross-pollination with different fields, right? You mentioned solid-state physics, uh, but also maybe computational fluid dynamics. You mentioned this 3D and coupling with gas flow. I think as plasma community has to learn a lot, uh, probably also from that. Uh, that's, uh, that's very interesting. And still, uh, we can learn a lot also from lower dimensional models like uh, 0D, maybe that are a bit more robust, but do not include accurately or they, they're not very high fidelity, let's say. We cannot do like engineering type of studies or uh, optimization probably, maybe that is true. Okay, yeah. okay. I agree, it really depends on, on what we want. So, yeah, okay. for, for the engineering, for the applications, for the predictive modeling, Yes. Yeah, the, the efforts are for going to higher dimensions, mm -hmm. but um, I think we, we already mentioned if we really want to go into detail on what happens locally, mm -hmm. uh, then we can we can really focus on zero D, uh, and uh, and that allows you know to get rid of the computational cost of everything else, so it allows to to isolate the particular part of physics that we want to study. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's uh that is true that is true and uh, in my in my opinion i say it in a bit simplificatory way there is you know there are kind of two axes one is the uh, sort of fidelity of the model so if you increase the dimensional you go 2d 3d fluid model for example you increase fidelity for modeling plasma jets or maybe co2 microwave uh, discharges on the other axis there is a sort of robustness of the model for different condition as well so of course you would like a model that you run in different condition and it's always stable numerically for example mm -hmm. and um, maybe there is also another axis that because the computational cost right because uh, for example i don't know fully kinetic models are very robust and very high fidelity in my opinion but if you want to do go 3d with a particle itself for example it's very computationally demanding <laughs> so uh, we need to take a lot of factors into account. So there is also computer science. Uh, I don't know. It's very complicated. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so far I was I was focusing the mm -hmm. yeah the mo the modeling discussion on on the physics, right? But uh, but it's true. It's 
I mean, advances on modeling are, are both on the physics and on the numerics, right? Okay, okay. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, technology is evolving. We have access to, to more and more performance uh, CPUs and GPUs. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but uh, but we we still uh, we still need a lot. Well, we need a lot. I think the the applied mathematics, right? Mm -hmm. So these people that develop uh, that develop tools, that develop uh, mathematical schemes uh, that we can apply to to solve our physical equations, mm -hmm. and uh, and we need these, yeah, to be to be performant and uh, as you said, to be robust to mm -hmm. to. To, to be useful for, for different conditions that we want to study. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's very interesting. Okay. To conclude, uh, are there some other areas, some other application besides uh, plasma jets and CO2 conversion you were mentioning that you think are interesting? Uh, you still in the plasma physics or plasma chemistry world uh, that you saw at conferences and you think, uh, okay, this may have uh, an interesting development in the near future. Uh, what, what do you think? Uh, yes, I mean there's there's so much that uh, that other colleagues are doing. Um, uh, for sure, uh, well, I, I like a lot the the physics uh, when I hear about the the discharges in liquids, for instance, where we need to approach uh, when we when we need to approach some, some different physics in the sense that uh, all, all the gas phase assumptions uh, uh, are not are no longer necessarily true. Mm -hmm. Um so well that's one subject. Uh well there's well there's a lot of, of interesting stuff where well, I'm I'm particularly interested when I see some some papers or some conference talks in, on the plasma surface interactions. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be to be jets or CO2. But mm -hmm. uh, uh but anytime you know someone is trying to go deeper and trying to, to understand uh better. Uh, what happens? Uh, what happens between you know between you know, between charges and surfaces, or or even what effect charges can have on on the on the binding on the bonding of the, of different particles to the surface. Um, but uh, but there are of course a lot of fields also for industry. So for I mean for for material uh, treatment. Uh, this this keeps uh, evolving, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so, for instance, these uh, you know atomic layer deposition uh, assisted by plasma uh, is a field that still has room uh, to to grow, I think, uh, industrially. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and uh, and the, it's very challenging because it's atomic layer deposition. We really want to control very well the the processes. Yeah, yeah. Um, then there are other fields I, I know less well, like etching uh, or other forms of, uh, of, of precision mm -hmm. uh, that have interesting physics behind as well. Uh, and we always see, yeah, also these, uh, well, these actuators. So the fact that plasma uh, can be used to to have an influence on, on flow and the uh, and this can be used well, for instance, in the in the, in the aerodynamics uh, yeah, uh, industry. Uh, this is very interesting because it touches also this point I already mentioned on jets. So the fact that the plasma the plasma in the jet uh, 
uh, affects the flow outside of the jet and therefore affects the, the gas composition mm -hmm. uh, in the jet, the temperature. Uh, this has application on other fields. So as I was, as I was oh, saying, yes. these actuators, these actuators, this means uh, we always need, you know, to take into account, you know, on different surfaces, on different geometries, these effects of that the plasma can have on uh, on the flow and vice versa. Yeah. Okay. These are just some examples. Okay. Very interesting. Okay. Thank you very much, Pedro. I really enjoyed uh, this conversation. Uh, yeah, it was really too. interesting on different topics, and I'm sure we keep in touch. And good luck uh, with your work and your future. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You too. Thank yeah. you. I was happy to be here. Thanks. Bye.